Coming. Tonight's class was dedicated by my good friend David Feldman, who's this is Lazecha Nishmas' father, um, whose second yard site is tomorrow night. I'm, again, I'm not sure it's the second, but that's what I think. Eliezer ben David, may he have Neshama have a very great Aliyah to the greatest of heights. May he channel lots of brachas to you, David, uh, to your wonderful wife Meryl, and to the whole family. Much brachas and mazel and bracha. And only, only, only good, and anything that you need and anything you imagine, Shudduchim for the children and only good. Thank you so much for this special dedication. Um, another dedication this week was by the Bastamsky family. And this is in honor of uh, the yard site of um, their uh, sister-in-law and sister, Nachama Basya Bas Avram Yitzchak whose yard site is tonight, the 16th of Shvat. Um, may her neshama have a very great aliyah. And may she channel lots and lots of brachas to her children and to the rest of the Bastamsky family with much bracha mazel and only, only good. And very soon we should all be reunited with her uh, by the coming of Mashiach down here in this world, as is going to happen, Be'ezus Hashem, very, very soon. Another dedication was by uh, Moshe Fishman, Marty Fishman. And this is in loving memory of his father, uh, Rabbi Yaakov ben Moshe, whose yard site is going to be on the 21st of Shvat. May his neshama be elevated to the greatest of heights and channel lots and lots and lots of wonderful blessings for your entire family, for gesund, and much, much bracha and all that you need. Um, Thank you for that dedication. Um, the CD this week was dedicated by Rabbi Herzl Elulian um, from the Gem Center. And this is uh, for his father's yard site, uh, which is on the 17th of Shvat, again tomorrow night. His father's name is Rabbi Masud Ben Agajan. May his neshama be elevated to the greatest of heights with channeling lots and lots of brachas to your family um, to just uh, bring bring a lot of lot of brachas in Yeshua's and everything that you need um, in, in, all, in all matters, both in the material and in the spiritual. Thank you so much for all those dedications. Um, I'd like to un- make a very important announcement, very excited to announce. 
that Mayan Yisrael has just launched today um, our Mayan app. So if you download the app, um, then you can instantly have all the classes that are uploaded, uh, that, are, that are presented over here. As soon as we upload them to our website, it's going to be available on your app now. One important announcement. The app for now, right now, is only available on Google Play um, for Android. The app for the iPhone uh, is going to be available probably in about two weeks. It's just that they have requirements and they make you wait for whatever reason, the exclusivity of the Apple, uh, in which they make you wait a little bit longer. So the app is available. It's a free app in which you can download and listen to all the classes. If you'd like to give a donation, you can do that as well. And, um, and uh, you can get into the habit of giving a donation every time you listen to a share. That'd be nice. We can use all the help. But in any case, the, the shear is now available, all classes. The Monday night class, the Parsha in my life, the Thursday night classes, called the Thursday night class, if you want an in-depth study of Hasidus. Our new and my most favorite class, which is given Thursday mornings over here at 11.15, called Mashiach Matters, an exploration of Mashiach through all the entire Torah, as we learn through Bereshis. All those classes, it's not up to date yet, but it'll be up to date very soon, which we have so many classes on that, available on the app. Rabbi Tauber's classes, uh, he hasn't given for a while, hopefully he'll be back soon to start and, and restart his class again, but those classes, Rabbi, Rabbi Tauber's on classes from Sunday, uh, called Morning Rays, are also available. So, Be'ezer Sashem, stay tuned for, um, I mean, so you can download that. Again, at, 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 uh, on an Android phone, you can just go to Google Play, put in Mayon, Mayon Yisrael, and you can download the app. Um, and please let other people know, because lots of people that would like to listen to the classes don't always find a CD, don't always go to the website, so the app is always available. And again, for those who have the Apple, I'll make the announcement in about a week or two when it's going to be available on the iPhone. Okay, now we're ready to learn. This week is Parshas Yisrael. And Parshas Yisro is a very, very, very special Torah portion, of course. We're learning about the giving of the Torah. And that is extremely, extremely exciting. Very, very, very special. Um, the giving of the Torah, which we're learning, right, which is the most monumentous event, the greatest event in all of history, until the coming of Mashiach. The opening verse of the giving of the Torah begins with, Vayedaber Elohim, as Kol Hadvarim Ha'ela, that Hashem spoke all the above-mentioned words, Lamar saying, Perek Chof, chapter 20, Pasuk Aleph, verse number 1. Vayedaber Elohim, as Kol Hadvarim Ha'ela, and God spoke all these words, Lamar saying. The commentaries all ask the question, if Hashem is speaking all these words, to the Jewish people, what is the meaning of the word lamer saying? What does saying tell you? Usually if the Torah uses the term lamer to say, the meaning of lamer in its regular context, whenever it says the word lamer usually, lamer would mean to repeat. Which means that Hashem is telling, um, Hashem, Hashem speaks to Moshe, 
with the intention that Moshe should repeat it to the Jewish people. Or a lot of times it says that Moshe speaks to the Jewish people, and Lamar, that we should teach it to our children, or to those who were in there. Not by every instruction was every single Jew present. The problem is, by the giving of the Torah, we can't say that. That Lamar means to repeat to the next generation or to someone else, because by Har Sinai, it was a great hakel. It was a wonderful assembly. Every single Jew was present at the giving of the Torah. So if everybody was there, who is the Lamar talking about? And you can't say that it means to tell your children, because we know that every single Jew, until the end of days, stood at Har Sinai. If we didn't stand there with our bodies physically, we stood there with our souls to receive the Torah. So everybody was there. So there's no one to repeat it. We all heard it directly from God. So what is the meaning of the word Lamor? So um, there is lots of answers. And today's shir is going to be a little different than my usual shir, which is usually one long and sometimes complicated, complicated structure. What I'd like to present today is 14 interpretations on why the Pasuk says, What is the significance of the word Lamer? Why 14? Some deep mystical reason. I'm just kidding. Um, why? Because 14 Pirushim is what I found uh, on the Lamer, and I'm sure there's many more. But, uh, the, and each one of them is unique, and each one is a gem, and each one has lessons to be learned. And we'll start with the most simplest of, of the Pirush, which Rashi says, that the word Lamer, by the giving of the Torah, means to, re, to respond. When God spoke all these words, Hashem wanted feedback. He didn't just speak and said, take it or leave it. He was speaking and he was expecting the Jewish people to answer him. So Lamar means to respond. And Rashi says that the Jewish people responded to every commandment. That they said, how did they respond? So actually there was a machlokis in the Gemara, what the response of the Jewish people were. According to one opinion, they responded to those positive commandments, meaning all the mitzvahs that God said you ought to do, they said, Hain, yes, we will do them. To those commandments that God said you ought not to do, you shouldn't do, they said, no, meaning we will not do them. Okay, That's one, inter- one, 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 one opinion. The other opinion is, Rabbi Akiva's opinion, that was Rabbi Yishmoel. Rabbi Akiva's opinion is that the Jewish people responded to everything. Whatever God said, the Jewish people said yes. In other words, we will do the commandment. We will listen to you. So on the positive commandments, they said yes, we will obey. And on the prohibitive commandments, in which they were told not to do something, they also said yes, we will obey. Not yes, we will do it, chas v'shalem. Yes, we will obey. We had a class about this a couple of years ago um, called, I think, Citing the Sounds, which was a fascinating discussion. And if you want to listen, it's on our, our website explaining this argument. So, but for today, um, we will suffice just with the idea that when God gave a commandment, there was a response coming from the Jewish people. Lamar means he asked that we respond to him. Yes or no, accept or don't accept. He waited for a response. Rabbeinu Bachaya says, gives three interpretations. 
in the meaning of this word, Vaidabra Lakim, what is the meaning of the word Lamar? His first interpretation, Rabbeinu Bachaya says, is that it's coming to tell us the manner in which Hashem spoke. That when Hashem spoke Ten Commandments, even though He spoke Ten Commandments, He said them in a manner where all the Ten Commandments were uttered uh, at the same time. All the Ten Commanders were, came out from God's mouth as one. So even though by the Dabir Elohim that God spoke as Kol Advarim God spoke all the aforementioned commandments, all the things that are going to be stated. But even, and even though in the Chumash, when we read them, we're, we're, we're reading them one after another, but that's not the way Hashem spoke them. When Hashem spoke them, He spoke all the words, and they all came out, B'dibur Echad, in one Dibur. And obviously that was utterly divine, and utterly godly. Um, human beings can't, like Rashi says actually, that the human beings can't hear that, definitely can't speak that way, but we can't even hear it. And then Rashi, and then, but then it was repeated. Now it's interesting. Rashi also says the same idea, that God spoke all the words as one. But Rashi learns it from the words, as kol hadvarim o'ele, that Hashem spoke in one shot, all these devarim, all these words. But Rabbeinu Bechaya learns it in the word lamar. And it's, Lamar is an interpretation of how did he speak? How did Hashem say, as kol hadvarim ha'ele? How did God say all these words? He said it, Lamar, in one amira, in one utterance, in one saying, he uttered them all. Okay? Then he goes on to say a really, really special idea. And that is that the word Vayadaber and the word Lamer is coming to tell you that there is a duality in every utterance, in every one of the commandments. And what is a duality? The duality is that when God gave the mitzvah, Hashem gave the practical, down-to-earth um, element of the mitzvah, which we call the body of the mitzvah, the revealed part of the mitzvah. And Hashem also gave to Moshe the mystical, esoteric, abstract, spiritual, soul element of the mitzvah. So there were two givings when Hashem gave the Torah. He transmitted the mitzvah, body and soul. Nigla the nister. The nigla means the revealed, the nister means the hidden. And that's the meaning of Ayedaber Elohim, as called Advara that God spoke all these words, Lamar saying... So dibur means that which is speech, actual speech. Amira, the word amira, saying, can also mean a silent thing. Something that is, it says many times, amira believe. When there is amira, a person can talk to themselves in their own heart, that's also called amira. So therefore, when God is speaking the Aseres Dibros, Hashem was speaking it on two levels. He gave Moshe the dibur, but it wasn't just the deeper. We spoke about this many times. That the Torah needs to be understood with many levels. And God forbid the Zohar speaks very, very harshly. And we mentioned the Zohar a couple of weeks ago. If someone thinks or believes or says that the Torah is just um, whatever you see, the story, that's all that there is. The Zohar says the stories that you see in the Torah, that's only the garment of the Torah. Beyond the garment is the body of the Torah. And then deeper than the garment is the soul of the Torah. 
And in the soul itself, there is the nefesh, there is the ruach, there is the neshama, and then there is the neshama l'neshama, the soul to the soul. So there's levels and levels. And, and we once spoke from the Arizal, that in the four general um, 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 ways of expounding Torah, which are called Pshat, Remez, Drush, and Sod, each one of them have 600,000 interpretations. In every word of Torah, there are 600 interpretations in Pshat, 600,000 600, interpretations in Drush, in Remez, in Drush, and finally in Sod, in the Esoteric. But it's layers upon layers and upon layers. But in general, we have two dimensions, the hidden and the revealed. And when Hashem taught Moshe the Torah, He taught it to him with all the secrets as well. Meaning that we should learn it. We shouldn't just take the Torah at face value on its most... God forbid to say that it only means the mystical dimension. See, a person can err on two sides. Sometimes people... Are, who are very, very practical and very down to earth, don't want to hear that there's anything mystical, there's anything soulful in the Torah. And all that it is is only, is only its physical interpretation. And then there are people on the opposite who are extremely spiritual and abstract, but don't, don't care so much about practical observance. To pick up the Torah either way is not really taking the Torah. Just like a human being is not called human, a human being, the Torah is called Adam, man. And a human being is not called an Adam, a man, unless it's a combination of body and soul. A soul of a human being in heaven is only called a nefesh Adam, a soul of a man. Nishmas Adam, the soul of man. A body, obviously a body without a soul is lifeless. It's the goof, afarmin Adam, it's earth. It's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a vessel for a human. It's not a human. Only a human when it's both together, body and soul. And therefore when we study Torah, we always have to know its practical application, but at the same time, we are commanded to search out the deeper meaning. And this is what he says, the Pasuk says, Achas diber Elokim, God spoke one, Shtayim zu shamati, I heard two. That means from God's mouth, it came out as one. But what we heard is two, which means we heard the physical body of the Torah, we also heard the soul of the Torah. And by the way, it says that those people that have an objection to, to get mystical and anything that has to do with the hidden elements say, well, this is hidden and we have no business learning the hidden parts. They're supposed to be hidden. For when? Forever. They have to be hidden. We see clearly that it wasn't the case because by the giving of the Torah, the experience that the Jewish people experienced by Matan Torah was both they received the revealed Torah, they also saw all the all the abstract, all the hidden secrets of heaven was revealed to them. As we know, that by Matan Torah, Hashem came down and revealed Himself with the chariot, with the Maisa Markava. And even more, actually the body of the Torah was more concealed during the giving of the Torah. Because it says that in the Ten Commandments is hidden all the mitzvahs. All the mitzvahs are embedded and hidden in the Ten Commandments, all 613. And I'm sure without a doubt that every halacha, Every law is really also hinted to and encoded in the Asara Sadibris. If the Ten Command, if the Ten Commandments contain all six thirteen mitzvahs, then actually the Rabbeinu Savya Gain says that if you count the letters in the Asara Sadibris, how many letters are there? Not words, letters. Um, there are six hundred and twenty letters. 
And the 620 letters, why? Because how many mitzvahs are there? 613. And then there are seven rabbinic ordinances, seven mitzvahs, so it comes out 620. Which is the gematria of keser crown. Because when God gives us the Torah, He gives us the crown, He gives us the infinite. He gives us the ein sof. He gives us everything. So but, those, all those laws are encoded and they're hidden. That wasn't visible. What was visible to the Jewish people was the fire. What was visible to the Jewish people was the display of all the angels. What was visible to the Jewish people was the divine chariot and God Himself that was upon the chariot. So what they saw was the esoteric. What they saw was the nistar, the hidden. And the, and the nigla, the revealed, was actually concealed to them more than what the revealed. So therefore this idea that Torah was not given to us, it's not our business to study the abstract and the hidden, is absolutely wrong. And you see that again from Rabbeinu Bachaya, that when the Torah is given, it has to be on two levels. Vayedaber and Lamor. Lamor are the secrets. Vayedaber is the revealed. Then he goes ahead and adds another fascinating um, interpretation, a little more Kabbalistic. Rabbeinu Bachaya was a great Kabbalist, from the early Kabbalists. And Rabbeinu Bachaya adds here a, and it's not over here, this interpretation, you're not going to find it in the Rabbeinu Bachaya in our Pasuk, but in Parsha Zabo, on the, the Parsha Kadesh leads, the first time it says, Vayedaber Elohim El no, I'm sorry, the first time it says, Vayoymer El Shem El Moshe Lemor. It says that Hashem spoke to him saying. So the Rabbeinu Bachaya over there explains it Kabbalistically. And he says that we understand that the Torah is divine, the Torah is godly, but it's emanating to us from two spiritual levels. The, a more inner dimension of the divine and a more external dimension of the divine. The more inner dimension of the divine is coming from what we call the level called HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Kaddish Baruch Hu means the more transcendental. The, the more external level of the divine is called the Shekhinah. See, what's the difference if you say the word HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Shekhinah? Kadosh, we spoke about this many times, and we were familiar with the concept because we always say before we do a mitzvah, L'Shem Yichud, to do a unification between HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Kuchibiruchu, Ushekhinte. So obviously we're talking about one God, but the different expressions of this one God. One is HaKadosh. Kadosh means that which is removed. Kedusha means separated, higher, removed. So HaKadosh means that which is higher, removed, untouchable. Shechina means that which is present within the world, the more imminence of God, God's presence in the world. Shechina malashin shochein, he dwells, the indwelling of God within the creation. Now the Shechina is associated with, is called Amira, speech, because the Shekhinah is the source of, of all speech, of Dibor. So he says the meaning of the word, Vayadaber Elohim, es kol hadvarim ha'ele lemor, it means that initially the words coming out of God came from the more transcendental element of Hashem, comes from HaKadosh Baruch but the purpose is, lay more, that it should go down and be infused in the Shekhinah and through the Shekhinah into the world. That's why when we receive the Torah, we have a double Torah also. Torah Shebik Sav, the written Torah, the Chumash, right? Scripture. And then we have Torah Shebal Peh. 
Torah, which, and we know that every element of Torah is both in Torah Shabbiksav, because if there is no source in Torah Shabbiksav, then it's not generally not Torah. Torah Shabbat has nothing new. Torah Shabbat only describes and elucidates and explains Torah Shabbiksav. And why is that? Because the way the Torah was given was in a manner of Vayadaber Lamor. Vayadaber Lamor means that the initial emanation comes out from Hashem Himself. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the inner part of the divine, we're going to speak more in a moment to try to define, to give some kind of more explanation on that. Vayadaber, that's where the Amira is coming, and that's where the Dibur, that's the initial of the Dibur of the speech. And, that is, and then Lamor, that is spoken into the Shekhinah, which is the, word of, the world of Amira, of words, that's where it picks up the Torah Shabal element, the oral law, and from there it is delivered to the world. Now when we say HaKadosh Baruch Hu, let's just get a little bit of an interesting idea, is generally when we speak of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we're referring to Kabbalistically the six sefirot that are higher attributes that are higher than Malchus. There are seven main attributes through which Hashem engages the world. Are really ten Eser sefirot altogether, but the first three are, are utterly transcendental. They're way above. And then Chachma Bin Adas. And then there are the six emotions of Hashem. And then there is expression, malchus, which is expression, to communicate, to speak. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the compilation of the six emotions. Chesed Gevura, Teferes, Netzach Hod Yesod, that's called HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Malchus is the Shechina. So when we say Vayadaber Elohim, he says that's a more pneumistic level. That's a more internal level. It's coming from the inner of the divine. It's coming from God's emotions. It's emanating from God's love. It's emanating from Hashem's awe, from His power. That's where, and we know, Kabbalistically it is known, that Torah, especially Torah Shaviksav, spiritually is rooted in the, in the, mainly in Teferes. Teferes, which is the center Okay, Avram, that's why we have Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, for instance. Avram is on the right, is Chesed. Yitzhak is on the left, is Gevura. Yaakov is in the middle, is Teferes. And we know that who is the Torah scholar? Avram is Chesed. Yitzhak is prayer. What is Yaakov? Yaakov is Torah. Why? Because the Torah is an amazing thing. The Torah is a perfect blend of harmony between Hashem's kindness and Hashem's discipline. That's why the Torah has in it, Torah Shebiksav, the written Torah, has in it powerful love, powerful kindness, but at the same time it also has discipline. We can say as follows, that all positive commandments, which is an, a, a God reaching out to us and saying, I want you to connect to me, I want you to embrace me, I want to bond with you. Every mitzvah is a form of bonding with Hashem when you're doing the mitzvah, that's coming from Hashem's chesed. Every prohibitive commandment, the 365 commandments, they're coming from a certain strictness and discipline coming from Hashem's Gevura. By the giving of the Torah we find, by the giving of the Torah we find, that the Pasuk says in Parshas Vezos Abracha, it says, Mi from Hashem's right hand, Eishdas came a fiery law. You hear that? From His right hand came a fiery law. So right side, we, we know always, is the power of chesed. Fire is the left side. So which one is it? Is it coming from the right hand? Or is it coming from the left side? And the answer is, it's teferes. 
And Teferis is the perfect harmony of Chesed and Gevura. It's got the right and it's got the left. And then from there is where Torah Shebeksav emanates. And then the written Torah. And then it's passed into the Shechina, which is called Malchus. And from there it picks up the Torah Shebalpeh element, the element of speech. And from there it's given to us down here below. That's why he points out but something really interesting. He says, what is the etymology of the word Dibur, speech? And what's the eto- what is the word Amira? So we're saying that Amira is Malchus. He says in, in, in Aramaic, the word Imra means a hem, a seam. When you make a seam at the bottom of a garment. So Malchus is called Imra, it's a seam, it's a hem at the bottom. It's like an attachment at the bottom. Because it's the lowest level. Dibur says, where does Dibur come from? It's an interesting idea. He says, Dibur comes from the word Devora. Devora means a bee. Now what does it have to do with a bumblebee? A bee. Because a bee displays the element of a blend of chesed and gavur. What did we say before? Dibur emanates from a higher level, a more internal level called HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the perfect harmony of the two emotions, chesed and gavur, as they're unified and blended together. He says, a bee has that perfect uh, connection. Why? Because in a bee, there is a sting, there is a poke, but there's also honey. So the honey and the poke, which is the chesed and the gevura, which are the elements of it, and that's the dibur as it is emanating. Just a really interesting idea. Now, um, which just tells you a lesson that either or, pure kindness, unadulterated kindness, without discipline doesn't work. Pure discipline without love is also not the point. So there has to be a balance in, in our lives, and the Abishta reaches out with us with both his right and left hand. Um, finally, um, the, the, uh, there is another interpretation on the Vaidabir Lakim and the Lamar. And this is really interesting. And this is from the Chaskuni. And the Chaskuni learns, also one of the early commentators, and it's just such an amazing idea. Very simple. When it says Vayadabar Elokim, that God spoke as Kaladvara Me'ela, all these words, and then it says Lamar to say, is because these are two phases in Hashem giving us the Torah. The first phase was Vayadabar Elokim as Kaladvara Me'ela means that God rehearsed the Aseris Hadibras to himself before he spoke. Hashem rehearsed it for himself, he spoke it to himself. He prepared his speech. Lamar, then he gave it over. And he says this is a very, very important lesson. That a person should never get up and speak publicly unless you first prepare. And a person should not think of themselves as being extremely smart and this, and I can just wing it on the spot. He says that's a very terrible thing. When God spoke... Hashem prepared his talk before he spoke. And he brings an interesting Pasuk. The Pasuk says, here this, it says a Pasuk in Eov, in, 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 in Job. It says, Ozra, then he saw, Vayasapra, and he related it. Hechina, he prepared it. Vagam Chakra, he also investigated it. Vayoymer Adam, and then he said it to man. So he says from here that God repeated things four times to himself. He didn't learn a one, didn't do a one-time rehearsal. He did four rehearsals, four times, until it was transmittable. It could be, Kabbalistically, the four times are, it comes through 
the four letters of the Yud Vavke. Yud Hey Vavke. I'm not sure. Going through until it comes to Malchus to speech, till it's given over. But from here we learn that you ought not to give over anything. And he brings a story from the Medrash that they once came to give Rabbi Akiva an Aliyah. They once called up Rabbi Akiva to the Torah. Now in those days, the one who had an Aliyah didn't just say a bracha, but he would actually read. So they called Rabbi Akiva, and Rabbi Akiva declined. And they asked him, Torah is life, you love Torah so much, why will you decline reading from the Torah? It's an um. And Rabbi Akiva said, I didn't prepare. I, do, I cannot read from the Torah, unless I prepare it at least two or three times. Which is an important lesson, that one should never ever give over anything to the public, unless you do a rehearsal. And here you have, The Ebishter spoke it first to himself, and then Lamar, then Hashem gave it over. And here is the Kliyakar, an, another interpretation. I, want, I hope someone is keeping count. I said we're going to do 14. So you, but here is another interpretation. This is from the Kliyakar. And he brings an idea that we learned earlier in the Chumash. In Weir, it says earlier in the Chumash, that when Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu to give over the Torah, he says, So you should say to the house of Yaakov, the Sageid Lebnei Yisrael, and relate to the Jewish people. And there Rashi says, Somar means when you, that the base Yaakov is referring to the women. To the women you need to speak softly. Speak to them softly, not to overwhelm, not to shock, not to crush anybody. Speak very gently. The Sageid means to speak harsh words. Dvarim Kashim Kagidim, to speak words that are as hard as a Gidim. Gidim are veins. Veins are very hard. You can't chew them. They're, you chew them. They're, very, they're very, very tough. So to the men, you can speak tough words, and to the women, you should speak soft. Based on that idea, he says that when it says over here, that when Hashem spoke, Lamor saying, means as similar that we said before, that there was a duality in the speak. Before we said it, the duality, according to one Pirish, was hidden and revealed, secrets and and the revealed part of the Torah. But he says a similar idea, but every word that came out of God was heard and received on two levels. To those who can hear it harshly, the words were spoken in their full force. The words were said harshly. To those who can't hear it harshly, because they would become destroyed by these words, to them you have to speak softly. And he describes very interestingly what is the difference between speaking harshly and speaking softly in what context. It doesn't mean louder and, and lower. Maybe it means that too. It doesn't mean the volume. It means the type, it means the type of speech. Meaning to say, harshly means that you give the person the mitzvah as it is. And you know what the mitzvah is? The mitzvah is a divine decree. Don't try to pollute the mitzvah with the, minute, with, the, with, the, with, the, with the limitlessness of your mind. If you're asking for a reason and you want to understand the but why, that's in a sense weakness. Because the true element of the mitzvah, if you want to be true to the mitzvah, the mitzvah is coming from God. It's Hashem. And in Hasidus it explains that not only is a mitzvah coming from Hashem's, from Hashem's intelligence, the mitzvah is really emanating from God's essence, and which is infinitely higher than his intelligence, than his own intelligence. The mitzvah is essence, it's one with God. And therefore to try to reason a mitzvah, and give explanations of why should I do so, 
Am I going to get rewards for it? What kind of reward? What kind of benefit am I going to get to the mitzvah? That is, that is cheapening the mitzvah. So, but there are some people who can't hear that. Just to tell someone, do something because, just because God says to, some people that's too much, I can't get that's, 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 that's a, a total crushing of their existence. They can't handle it. So therefore, you have to speak, Balash and Amira, Amira softly. Softly means to be able to give it over in a manner in which you do explain reasons. Try to find the positive, the, the qualities of every mitzvah. And this is also an important lesson because sometimes, you know, um, a person might think that, you know, I, if I know there's a certain truth about something but the other person is not ready to accept it as it is, so then what? Then, you know, tough on them. I'm just, I have to say, I have to say everything as it is. But that's not true. We need to, even God is holding back. When Hashem is speaking the Aseris Adibris, the Abishter is speaking the Aseris Adibris in a manner where it's both a Dibor and a Lamer. So if a person can't hear this idea that you do a mitzvah because God said so, because it's just that they're not ready for it yet, then what? you got to speak softly and explain them qualities. Speak that they will be rewarded, they'll do better in their business if they do the mitzvah. Even though it's silliness compared to what the truth of the mitzvah is, but yet that too needs to be given. And interesting, he says, that's why um, when it says, uh, when God created the heavens, it says, Bidvar Hashem Shamayim Nasu. With the word of God, the heavens were created. It uses the word Dibor, speech, harsh words. When it comes to the earth, it says, Kihu Amar Vayehi. He spoke gently and they came into being. He says, Earth is immature. Earth can't hear it as it is. So, Earth, God has to speak softer. Heaven, Hashem can tell it as it is. That's the reason also why. Um, it says when Hashem said, let there be a firmament, Rashi says, Hashem yelled, let there be a firmament. So sometimes people think that if someone yells at you, someone that's close to you, or a great tzaddik, or a rabbi, or whatever yells at you, that means that they, you know, there's a distance. It's not true. You know, you saw a lot of times by great tzaddikim that the people that were very close to them got it over their heads. And the people that were more distant were always, he was always gentle and, and kind to them. The answer is, a, a person can't handle it, you always have to be very nice to them. But it's not a sign. When a parent is strict with their child, it's not a sign of a lack of love. It's a sign that they, 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 they trust the maturity of the child, and that they're able to tell it to them as it is. And sometimes if a child can't handle it, then you have to speak to them soft. So these are the cases that we hear where you have Hashem speaking to the world, and every word that He says is spoken as it is full truth, it is also spoken in a manner in which it can be received. Interesting idea. And now we go to the Arachayim. And the Arachayim HaKadosh has four very beautiful explanations on the meaning of Ayadabed Alakin as And his first interpretation is so sweet. And the idea is as follows. That he says what we brought earlier, that when God spoke, he asked a simple question as an introduction. He says, how come when God, when the Aseris Adibris, when we're reading the Aseris Adibris, the Ten Commandments, we find that the first two commandments, it's God speaking directly. Hashem is saying, Onochi, I am Hashem Elokecha. I am God, your God. Right? Lo I took you out from the land of Egypt. Then he says, Lo Elohim Acherim, you should not have any foreign gods, Alpanai, in front of me. So God is talking to us directly. 
But later, from the second command, from the third commandment and onward, it's someone is speaking on behalf of God. Do not take God's name in vain. It doesn't say don't take my name. It doesn't say later it says because six days God created. It doesn't say in six days I made heaven and earth. It says So it's speaking on God's behalf as if a third person. So what's the difference? And the idea is like this. It says, when Gashem spoke the Aserah Debris, the words that came out from God, the words that came out from God, as we spoke earlier, were utterly on a divine level. Hashem spoke them, as we said earlier, all ten in one shot. So powerful, so strong, that our minds just were, 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 were we blew a fuse. We just couldn't handle it. It was way too much. It was full, the full power of, of Hashem's power. As Hashem spoke the Ten Commandments, we couldn't handle it. So what happened was, as the Medrash says in Shira Shirim, Nafshi Yatsa Bidabroi. Our souls expired, whether from the sweetness, the ecstasy, the love, the experience, the power, the fear, whatever it was, our souls were blasted out of our outside. We just couldn't, it just, the soul escaped the body. After what? After the first two commandments. There is a Gemara that says on each commandment, their souls expired. But from Rashi, it seems to say that the Jewish people only had koach to hear the first two. But hold it, we just said that what? That God spoke all ten. So the way the Arachayim explains it, there's various different interpretations, is that Hashem spoke all ten together, but in our minds, we were only, be, we were only able to register two. How is that possible? If it's all ten and we can only register two, so he doesn't say this, but it's my own interpretation. It makes sense that we were able to detect, to, to detect in God's words, we were able to detect a yeah and a no. That the, that, the, that the deeper content of all of mitzvahs are, I am God and do not disconnect from me. Do not have any foreign gods. Then all the manifestations of that, those are all the other commandments. Every positive commandment, for instance, further emphasizes and drills into our... It... it, 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 um, it it uh, permeates, it, it delivers the, the, the idea that I am God, your God, into us, into our kishkis, into our bones. Every commandment in its own way. And every prohibitive commandment keeps us away from another God, which means from the sitra achra, from the other side, to believe in it, from disconnecting. So those two messages we were able to hear in the commandments. The general idea that I am God, your God, and you shouldn't have any other God. But the details of keeping Shabbos, the details of honor your parents, all this was too much for us to handle when God spoke them all in one shot. So we only picked up two, and then our souls left the body. What happened with the other, ten, with the other eight commandments that were spoken from Hashem? So here the Arachim explains something magnificent. That on top of the mountain, those eight remaining commandments stood there as burning flames. They became... Hashem spoke them. The words of God are not like speech, like our speech that dissipate and disappear. Those words remained on the mountaintop. There was no, there was no receiver. There was no one to receive them. So if it wasn't absorbed in our neshamas, in our souls, and in our bodies, these, these ten, eight commandments remained suspended on the mountain. When the Jewish people were resurrected, 
Because God sent down the special dew that is going to resurrect the dead when Mashiach comes. When the Jews were resurrected, they came back to the mountain and, the te- and, the, and these eight commandments went down to communicate with them. The very eight commandments now, the commandments themselves now spoke to the people. So it's very different. The first two commandments we heard from Hashem's mouth. The last eight, the commandments themselves spoke. Now we understand why the commandments could not, why the change, why in the first two commandments it says, I am God, you're God. And now it's someone speaking on behalf of God. Because once the commandments are speaking, you hear? Once the commandments are speaking, and it's not Hashem speaking, but the commandments are saying, they can't say, um, they can't speak as if they're God, because they're not God. They are the commandments. So they're saying, um, because Sheshes Yamim keep Shabbos, because six days Hashem commanded heaven and earth, so it had to change. So therefore, it speaks to them, and he brings an interesting medrash. Just a, he brings a word of here that the medrash says that is a medrash Shira Shirim, that every single one of the commandments actually stood upon every Jew, which means the commandment honor your father and your mother, honor your parents, stood above every single Jew. And it said to the person, Please accept me. The commandment itself was talking. And the person would say, Yes, I'm accepting you. So then the commandment, The commandment embraced the person. And it kissed the person. And it went up and it became a crown on his head. That's what it says. So in other words, the first two we heard from Hashem. The last eight we heard from the commandment. Based on this, he explains the pasuk. Hashem spoke all these all these words, and he enabled these words that they should speak. Lamar means he in he imbued the commandments themselves to talk. God spoke all these words to make these commandments into speakers that they themselves should speak the rest of the seven, the rest of the eight commandments. Then he says another interpretation in the word lamer. That the word lamer comes from the word to endear, to make special. Like we find later in Parshas Kisavai, it says, Hashem Hashem has selected you and made you unique and special. And you have made God special. As Hashem you made Hashem special. So the word Amira comes from the word unique, special, selected. So, God spoke all these words. And what's the point of all of Torah? Lamor. To endear, to unique to make unique the Jewish people. That means that the very idea, and we all know that what has been embedded, that, the, that all the suffering that the Jewish people have gone through for the last thousands of years is because of jealousy that we have from the nations in the world who consciously or subconsciously sense a po- profound um, jealousy that the Jewish people spoke directly to Hashem and Hashem showed them His love. Lamar to endear you to make you special. And that's and the very, very experience of Matan Torah gave us a whole different status. 
a whole different Indian. Then he explains another, is a third interpretation of the Arachayim. And here this is really, really amazing. He says, we know that there is a rule that Hashem will never ever call His name upon a living, designate His name upon a person who is still alive. We say in Davening, Elokei Avraham, that God is the God of Avraham, Elokei Yitzchak, He's the God of Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov. He identifies with them saying, I'm their God. But Rashi tells us in Bereshis, that Hashem will never do that with a living human being. Why? Because you can't trust the human being. What happens if the person becomes corrupted? And then God doesn't want to say, I'm His God. Hashem doesn't want to associate with that individual. Because then, right, it does, it's a chil Hashem, it's a desecration of Hashem's name that He's associated. He is the God of so and so. Just like if someone has a student who becomes a terrible person, the person is embarrassed to say it's a student. So for God to be the God of so and so. So Hashem therefore only unifies His name on someone when, if they passed away as a tzaddik. Like Avram and Yaakov. The only exception to that is Yitzchak. Rashi says because Yitzchak was already blind and his Yitzhahara went away from him. So even when he was alive, Hashem was able to say, Okay, Yitzchak. Again, that's what Rashi says. Over here, it says, Anochi Hashem Elokecha. God says to every single Jew, I am God your God. That Hashem is proud to say, I am the God of Yankel, I am the God of Chaim, I am the God of Shmerel, and Hashem is proud to say, right? All these, all individually to every single Jew, male or female, I am the God of so and so. But how can he do that? As we said before, he doesn't unify himself on anybody. So the Pasuk is saying, Hashem's, why did the why did the words of God come out from the name of Elohim? What's Elohim? Elohim means power. We spoke earlier. Why did Hashem speak in such a powerful display? Especially He knocked us out. Doesn't God have some, some self-control to be able to speak in a manner? Is it nice to knock out your audience? It's just, I mean, He obviously understands the, the capacity of every creature. So why did Hashem speak in such a powerful way in which He was going to knock our socks off? Or better, knocks our, knock our souls off. Why did the Abish to do that? Why? And the answer is, God spoke with all of His power these words. Why? Because Hashem wants to say, I am God, your God. Because Hashem wants to designate Himself on every single Jew. The problem is, I'm afraid the person might follow his Yetzirah and become and become and go astray, and then and you can't do that. So what does Hashem do? He spoke in such a forceful way that He destroyed the Yitzhahara and every single one of us. As it says that by Har Sinai, their negative side, Paschazahamasam, all the filth that was within a human spirit, taken from Chava, when Chava ate from the Eitzadas, her soul was polluted. And she passed on that pollution to all of humanity. To forever, but we know that when we came to Har Sinai, the filth of the snake, the venom of the snake that polluted Chava, and then later what went into all descendants went away. Similar to there's a story that there was a chassid of the Balatanya of the Rishnir Zalman of the Yadi, who once came into the Rebbe and he said, "Rebbe, he cried, Hakmid up the Linkazite, please, please 
sever, take a, a hammer, an axe, and knock off my left side. He knew that the Rebbe has the ability to knock off the evil one that's in the left side. He said, Rebbe, hakamit up the linkazite. So that's what the Abishter had to do by Matan Torah. He wanted to knock off the Yitzhahara so that what? I can say, I am God, you are God. Obviously, in the end, things didn't turn out exactly like that because of the sin of the golden calf or whatever it is. But from Hashem's desire, why Why did he speak? Because he wanted to say, And finally, the last Pirush of the Arachayim. The last interpretation of the Arachayim HaKadosh is because we know, as we mentioned earlier, that all of the, ten, all of the 613 mitzvahs are contained in the Aseris Adibras. They're all there. So what the Pasuk is saying is God is telling you all these 10 commandments, but you should know there's much more words in these that you see. You only see 10 commandments, but if you dig deep, there are so many, there's so many, there's deeper, there's so many lamar, which means there's so many words. I mean, all the rest of the Torah is contained in these commandments. And now, I'd like to share an interpretation by the holy, now we're going to get to some Hasidic interpretations. And this is by, even though Arachayim HaKadosh, his nature of his teachings are very Hasidic. But now, we will share a thought from the holy Rebbe Lamelech of Lezensk. Classical Rebbe Lamelech of Lezensk, a tzaddik like Rebbe Lamelech, whose mind and his heart and his soul all day long is only in one Indian, and that is Dveikus. Dveikus is cleaving to the Abishter. In the eyes and in the mind and the perspective of Rebbe Lamelech of Lezensk, any part of Torah, any time a Jew studies Torah, every time you learn anything, Mishnah, Gemara, whatever it is, what has to be in your mind is one thing. Not so much the content of what you're learning, but the dveikus, the cleaving that you cleave to God. When you're learning, every time you sit down and you're learning, you know that at this moment, your neshama is going to cleave to the Abishter. Actually in Tanya, he explains in the most magnificent way, in the fourth chapter and the fifth chapter of Tanya, the incredible unity that happens when a Jew learns Torah, in which the person's mind and God literally become one. Because the subject and what you're learning... The subject is Hashem's, because in every word of Torah, Hashem put, him, put Himself into it. It's Hashem's ideas. When you learn something, your mind takes the subject in, and you and the subject become one. It becomes part of who you are. That means you and God become one. So Rebbe Lamelech says, that the intention when a Yid learns has to be, the main intention, the main purpose is, dveikus, cleaving to God. So that's what the Pasuk means. God spoke all these words for what purpose? That when the person is learning it, when you're when you he spoke these words to to say what? To say I am God, your God. That means whatever you're learning, you might be learning the mitzvahs of murder that you shall not murder. You should not kill. Lo But when you're learning that, if you're learning it just as human values. And just, just to know how to be a mensch, that's nice, but for that you don't need a Torah. That when the Yid is learning, he should feel and sense, I am God, your God. In every pasuk, in every letter, in every mitzvah, in every nuance. Obviously, as it says in Tanya, a person cannot be 
most people, besides a tzaddik, a real tzaddik is able to have two thoughts in their mind at the same time. And therefore they're able to have study a subject, probe the subject, and not lose their dveikus, thinking at the same time, I want to cleave to God. An ordinary person, if you're thinking, I want to cleave to Hashem, I want to cleave to Hashem, I want to cleave to Hashem, and I want to bond with God, you can't at the same time understand the nuances of what you're learning. The compl- especially if it's a complex subject. So the Tanya says in, 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 in his book, that it's enough every hour. Whenever you're studying, so at the beginning of the study you're saying, I am learning to bond and to cleave to Hashem. And if you're studying for a few hours, he says you should take a break every hour and say it again. I am now learning to unify myself with the Abishter. And this is the idea. As kol hadvarim all these words should be lemar anoichi Hashem alaykecha. To bring you to I am God, your God, means that God becomes your God. God becomes unified with you. In Dveikus and in Amuna. Those are the words of the Naimele Melech. And now, to a fascinating teaching of the Mezritcha Magid. The Rebbe of Rebbe Melech, The great chief disciple of the Baal Shem Tov. What is the meaning of, and this is an incredible interpretation. Vayedabed Elohim that God spoke. As kolad ma'ela, all the all these words lamar saying. What does it mean, lamar saying? So we know he says there are two times ten. There are ten commandments, what we call aseres hadibros, the ten commandments. Then there are ten. Then there are ten utterances when Hashem created the world. Basara mamorois with the ten utterances nivra olam. When God created the world, He spoke ten times, and through the ten utterances He created the world. So what happened by the giving of the Torah is, and that, that, and the two, what he says is like this, the Ten Commandments and the Ten Utterances correspond to each other. That's why the Pasuk says, um, in Parshas Nasai, when it speaks about the gifts that were brought for the inauguration of the Mishkan, it says that every Nasi brought, um, every Nasi brought certain gifts, and they brought, part of their, part of their presence was they brought spoons, a gold spoon filled with ketores, filled with spices. So the Pasuk describes the weight of each of those spoons. And it says, Asara, Asara, Hakaf. Ten, ten was the spoon. What is the deeper meaning? Ten and ten is referring to that the Torah, which is ten commandments, has another ten, which are the ten utterances that the world was created. And the commandments are supposed to fit into the utterances like a hand going into a glove. And what's the deeper meaning? And that's the meaning. Vayadaber elokim, that God spoke, as kol hadvarim, the Ten Commandments. And what is the intention? Lay more to infuse the Ten Commandments into the Ten Utterances. That every one of the Ten Commandments is supposed to go into and be embedded into the ten, the, ten, the, ten, the ten utterances. But what does it mean? Okay, it's a nice thing. It's supposed to connect the two. It's a very, very important lesson. Very important lesson. Because it's very, very possible that a person has within himself and in his life a certain duality. And that is there's two me's. There's the religious me and there is the ordinary me. The religious me is me when I come to shul. When I go to synagogue, when I go to shul, when I go to pray, so then I do what? Then I'm Jewish. 
And then I'm inspired. I'm inspired by what the rabbi says. I'm inspired by what I'm learning. I'm inspired by the Torah. I'm inspired by the prayer. But the moment I leave the shul, and I go back into the, my own home, and my own space, so that's my place. There's two territories. There's God's territory, God's space, and my space. Two, 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 and they don't cross. And therefore when I'm eating, when I'm shopping, when I'm doing business, when I'm socializing, when I'm doing all the things, then there's nothing Jewish to me. There's nothing holy. Then I'm the same like a non-Jew. I have the same aspirations, the same desire, the same motives. I'm a very material person at this time. There's nothing godly. There's not... and when I'm, then I have to pay my dues. Or maybe even I have to have an enjoyment and experiencing. I love spirituality. But there's two me's, two, two unique areas, two aspects to my life that are separated and they don't cross over. That's the total opposite of what the whole giving of the Torah is all about. The whole giving of the Torah is to fuse heaven and earth, spirit and matter, God and the world, to reveal that there's nothing but Hashem. And there cannot be a space in a human's life where Hashem is not there. That's the idea, that's what the depth of what the Magad is saying. The Ten Commandments are not just ten hovering Torah commandments. It's not the other you, the Torah you. It has to permeate into the creation you. It has to go into every fiber of your being, to every cell of your body, to every aspect of who you are. In all of our being, there has to be a, There has to be godliness. And this is the meaning, it's interesting. The Pasuk says, in Tehillim, there is a Pasuk that says, Hoysali Dimasi. My tears were lechem, were to me bread, yoimam velayla, by day and by night. King David says, you know what my bread was? Usually a person eats for breakfast, he eats bread, at night he eats bread. That's what he sustains. We learn about the mon, bread in the morning, bread at night. For me, my bread, my constant life force are my tears. Simply David as Melech is saying, I cried so much. When people said to me, all day long, where is your God? David HaMelech was so persecuted. David HaMelech was so abused. All of his life. And he's supposed to be like the godly man. And people would chast, people would make fun of him and they say, where is your God? That's a simple meaning. And David is saying, I caused me so much pain, I shed so much tears, that my tears are my, are my bread. And here is the Hasidic interpretation. Based on what the Magid says. Demasi, I shed tears. I shed a lot of tears. I cry and I weep. Lechem, this becomes my bread. When heaven says to me, when God says to me, when, the, when in heaven they, they, they reach out and they call out to every single one of us. All day long, where is your God? When you're in shul and you're wrapped with your talis and you have a tefillin on your head and you're closed off, you have a good moment. Yom Kippur, you have a high moment. You cry out, Hashemu Elohim, God is my only God, you're the only reality. But if God is your only reality, what happens? Why when you're sitting down to eat, suddenly you've totally forgotten. You've lost yourself so in the pleasure and the delight of eating, as if at this moment God doesn't exist. I'm not talking chas v'shalom, someone is even doing something forbidden. Even a man doing something forbidden. But all mundane activity that a person does has to be permeated with a sense of the divine, and a sense of godliness. So that's the question. And the emphasis where is, your, where is your God? Meaning, where is the Anochi Hashem Elokecha? When God, by Har Sinai, it's an amazing thing. When, when the Torah was given, God says to every single one of us, 
Anochi Hashem I'm your God. Let's understand what this means. This doesn't only mean I'm your God. What this means is, Anochi Hashem, I am God, Elokecha, I am your power. That means that by a Jew, that by your, by your Jew, a Jew is so special and so unique, that our body, our life, literally our life force, is not our body. It's not even our soul. Our life force comes from the transcendental Yudkei Vavkei. Hashem, Yudkei Vavkei, the Tetragrammaton, the, the highest transcendental, powerful name of God, that's our life force. That's what's in my body. That's, what, that, that's why Jews are miraculous. That's why we're, we don't follow the norms of nature. Our very existence is a miracle because we're, we're, we're living off Havaya energy. And even deeper than that, Anochi, the Zohar says, is higher than Yudkei Vavkei. Because Yudkei Vavki is a name of God. Anochi is God's very essence. So we're saying like this, the essence of God is your power. He is your power. No. When you sit down to lunch, is that visible on you? That you're, you're, you're not just, you're not an ordinary, you're not an animal, you're not a cow. You're not even a human being. You're not even an, an angel. Anochi himself, God's very essence is your power. And that's the question. Obviously it's a lot to work on. But at least we can make a bracha. And if we at least think for a moment, take a moment before we make a blessing, to think for a moment, that changes everything. The mindfulness. Today in the world, mindfulness became the most, a very, very, very in, in thing. Why? Because we're coming to the days of Mashiach when we're supposed to be very mindful. And it's all about mindfulness. The ability that all day long, no matter what I do, there should be a fusion between the Ten Commandments and my regular self. And that's what the Magad is saying. Now to a teaching from the Holy, an explanation by the Balatanya Barabshnir Zalman Lavayadi. Vayadabrilakim, and there's we're just there's two more interpretations, and we're gonna be completed. Okay? So this one is from Rabshnir Zalman of Layadi, in which he explains, Vayadabir Elokim as God spoke all these words. Lamor saying. What does that mean? That when every single one of us learns Torah, it's possible for a person to study Torah and to feel very strongly that, you know, this makes a lot of sense to me. I'm the one who's learning it. I'm saying it. Today I decide to learn this Mishnah. Tomorrow I learn this. I learn that. And it's whatever I choose and whatever I learn, I'm saying it and it's me speaking. Says when you're learning Torah, you have an opportunity for something so much deeper. You can reach... Not we ought to, not we could, everybody could. Reach a state when we just think about it before. That when God spoke the Aseris Adibras, God is infinite. So his words continue, they don't stop. Every time you open up your mouth to learn some words of Torah, what's really happening, or what should what, what could happen if you only are mindful, is that you are not saying those words. You become like Shekhina Medaberes Metaikrainai. God is speaking through you. In other words, each and every one of us become a channel, become a microphone through which Hashem's words are going. The only thing that we need to do is to get out of the way. If we're learning Torah and it's all about ourselves, all about our ego, about making ourselves look important, then we're blocking that. But a person has to learn Torah in a manner where it should be the Torah speaking to you and you're, obli- you're not there. You feel mamish that it's Hashem channeling. You have so, and that, obviously that can only come after deep prayer. 
When a person davens the way he should and comes to a very powerful feeling that Shema Yisrael Hashem Lakein Hashem Achad Hashem is the only reality, then when you learn Torah afterwards, you're not quoting. It's not quoting. You're not quoting. Your physical mouth and organs of speech are now expressing the word of God. The very same words that spoke Aseres Adibros are now being spoken through your vocal cords. And God is speaking through you. When you hear a tzaddik say Torah, the reason why they have such power to penetrate into everybody's soul is because God is speaking through them. There is no ego. There is no self. They're just conduits. They're just channels. And that's the meaning. And, that, that, and that's interesting why the sages say that the sages make an interesting comparison. They say, from, they learn it out from a pasuk, that just like when the Torah was given, just like when the Torah was given, um, um, you sp- the people were trembling and shaking. People were aimo with dread and with fear. So too, every time you learn Torah, it's supposed to be with dread and with fear. And the Tanya asks a simple question. How can you compare it? Over there they were standing, God was talking, the mountain was quaking and shaking, there was thunder and lightning, there was flames of fire, the whole world was going upside down, it was so frightening. Of course we were shaking, shaking. but how can any person reenact that? You can't reenact that. So it's not the same thing. Here you're speaking, and the answer is you're not talking. Whenever you're learning, you're going back to Sinai. Because Sinai transcends time. Sinai transcends space. Sinai is a reality. It's a reality above time and space. It's a continuous entity. It's a reality that we can tap into. And every time you learn Torah, it's Hashem speaking to you. And that's the meaning. Hashem speaks those words. Lamar, that we should repeat them. Not just repeat them. Lamar, that we should say them. In other words, He's enabling our speech that we should be speaking His very words that when we're learning. What kind of Torah learning is that? It's divine. It's not human. It's not a human being speaking. It's godly. Lamar, you become a repeater or a, 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 a transmitter of those very same words that Hashem spoke at Har Sinai. And that last but not least, my favorite explanation. So powerful, yet so simple. And such an amazing lesson. And this is from the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe. Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak, in a, in a mimer, in a discourse in, Tavsh, in, in, in from the year Tavshin Dalid, it's on page 145, in which he says, I'm concluding with this, two more minutes. And he says like this, Hashem spoke these words, as kol advarim, all these words, lemur, that we should say them. What does that mean that we should say them? That a person needs to know that uttering words of Torah is so powerful. Even if you don't have a clue what it is saying. You don't understand the information. You don't know anything. You're just saying the words. Those words just being uttered from the mouth are so powerful to purify, to elevate, and to bring a human being to the highest places. A person sometimes thinks, Oi, I have a fashtapta cup, I have a clogged head. I don't understand. I go to a class, I don't understand. I don't. So what's the point? He says, Lamar, just speak 
words of Torah. Hear these words. I have to, I have to read it from inside because the words are so beautiful. He says, The Amira Sadvara Me'ela, the Oisiya Satora. The re- saying of the words of the letters of the Torah of Oisiya Satfila and the words of Tfila. Hein Hein Iker Gadl Ba'avoda. This is a very serious principle, a very great matter in, to- in, in Avoda, in divine service. Kamoisha Matsino. This is so beautiful. We found Bekama Anashem Pshutim. We, it has happened to many simple folk, simple people. Biyoser, Shenetztavu, they were commanded by a tzaddik, Lehislamid Parshias Atorah, to learn in their mind, to remember, to memorize. Parshias of Torah Utehilim and Tehilim. And he says, Pirkei Tanya, or chapters of Tanya or Mishnayas, Balpeh, by heart. Lachser Aleim, and to repeat them. Bechol Eis Mitzai, wherever they are, these people became very successful. These people merited purity of soul. They were elevated to such levels of purity and sensitivity, way above their stature. I mean, way above their normal, what you would expect from a person like this to reach. They became such powerful Jews. They had such purity in their souls. Much bigger than what they should have reached based on their knowledge. They're, they're very simple. They didn't know much. And this is, he says, and this is the meaning of the words. That the first instruction Hashem gave us when He gave us the Torah was, Lamar, say them. Wherever you are, say words of Torah. Walk on the street, say words of Torah. You don't understand it. This was the classical Jew. Years ago. Today everybody is sophisticated. Everybody needs to understand. It's good to learn. It's good to know. But we've completely lost that. It used to be if you went into the shtetl, you saw simple yidden, people that were cobblers, people that were shoemakers, people that were tailors. They didn't know much. They didn't ever went to school. They just sat always with a book and they just mumbled the words. Words of Zohar, words of Mishnah, words of Chumash, words of Tehillim. Lay more saying these words. He says, and it's in a sense even strong, and everybody has the power, to read the letters of Torah and the letters of Tefillah. And this purifies one's soul. And anybody is able to rise and to reach to very high peaks. Petaharas nefesh in the purification of soul. Just lamar, the activity of saying. By Dabir God has spoken as Kaladvaramaila, Lamar to to be repeated by speech, just to say these words. And through that we purify. And he's speaking over here about purification of one's own soul. But in other places it is discussed that we actually purify the polluted ear. Just like there is polluted this polluted ear physically that is polluted and not healthy for us, there is also spiritually polluted ear. Because when ear, when people speak vulgar, or when people do all kinds of stuff, it brings pollution into the ear that causes a, 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 a contamination of one's soul. Living in a place where, where there's a lack of purity, where there's a lack of decency or a lack of purity and a lack of some causes has an effect on a person. We all are responsible for cleaning the environment. For pure, it's the pure ear act. And how do we do that? Utter, walking on the street wherever we can, 
and saying words of Torah, even if you don't understand them. Just saying words of Torah has a huge effect on the purification of the air. It could be one person saying words of Torah purifies an entire neighborhood. It's an air purifier. And that's the idea that these words should be said and be spoken. May we merit that we should hear the Ebershter speak a second time as we're told by the coming of Mashiach, Hashem is going to again give us the Torah, but this time He's going to reveal to us all the hidden, 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 hidden Yishakeinu piyu. we will receive the divine kiss, which is the Tamei Torah, the inner secrets and inner reasons of the Torah that has not been revealed, that are going to be revealed when Mashiach comes. May we merit to see it now.